On this episode, Kevin and I dive straight into a topic that is so misconstrued and misunderstood in 2019, masculinity. We talk about finding your courage, what it means to be a man, and understanding even further how to show up and impact others. Kevin Scott, brother, how are you? I'm amazing. Thank you for having me on. Good to hear, man. So you guys, uh, you and your lovely wife are off to Hawaii soon, right? Fiance. We're, we're not Fiance. married technically yet. Okay. Next year, 10-10-2020, that's the date. But yeah, we're heading to Hawaii in uh, two days. My first time there. I'm very excited. That's so cool. Yeah, we haven't been yet, but um, these auntie lives in Kona. So like we've been meaning to get there for years, but we haven't yet. So super excited. Nice. So let's dig right in. Um, this is a topic that both of us are so passionate about. So this is just going to go on a super whirlwind down the rabbit hole. Masculinity. What is masculinity to you? Whatever makes me feel more manly. Whatever makes me feel more like a man. And to me, it's individual for each man. Nice. Whatever makes you feel more like a man, that that's your masculinity. Whatever makes somebody else feel more like a man, that's their masculinity. I love that. Don't, I don't want, uh, my goal is to have men define themselves instead of having other people say, this is what you're supposed to be. Oh, that is so good. <laughs> do, you think that's, do you think that's a massive issue then? Um, because even just from you saying that now, I, I kind of realize that not just men, but, I think sometimes, especially men, get put into a box, right? Like they get told what to do, who to be, how to act. For sure. And it, it starts It starts at like age zero. Mm-hmm. It starts even before we're born. People have expectations of what we're supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And that's what we grow up doing. And then as we get in through school, like uh, early grade school and then high school and things like that, it gets tight, this this box around us gets tighter and tighter and tighter and says this is what you're supposed to be when you grow up which is why we now have so many men the majority of men living lives they don't enjoy doing jobs they hate to try and provide for a family that they love and then end up committing suicide 100 percent. so you think that's a huge anchor for because it is such a massive problem. Like I come from New Zealand where we have one of the highest youth suicide rates in the world, which is just something that, that literally boggles the mind. Like I, I just don't understand how New Zealand, this beautiful country where we're supposed to be friendly and um, you know, the government is, is an insane, how there's this ridiculous suicide rate. And then 85% of those youth suicides are like young men, like 13, 14, 15 years old. It's, I, I just, I, it, it leaves me speechless. Like I can't think of yeah. how it has gotten to this point, but that's it, right? Like we've been placed into boxes and we don't know how mm. to act. So yeah. I guess really thinking if you're, if you're at the beginning of that, like unveiling, like where you said before the suicide part, but in a job that you don't like, doing things you don't enjoy, and you don't even know what it means to be a man, where would you start? Start by finding out what it is that you enjoy. Start by finding out what it is that you really want to do. 
this was this was my eye-opening moment. Uh, Melanie had asked me when we first met years ago. She says, "What do you want?" And I was like, "Can you rephrase the question?" <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand. What do you mean? What do I want? Like, what do you What do you want in life? What do you want? I said, uh, a beer. And she goes, No, no, no. Come on, be serious. I'm like, I'm I'm serious. I <laughs> two beers. I have no idea. Mm-hmm. No idea. I've never focused on what I want because I know as a man, I'm supposed to get an education, get a job, and then go make a family. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm supposed to do. And, and then I'm supposed to focus on, on putting enough money away that someday, if I'm lucky, I can retire. And so the next five years of my life, six years now, have been trying to destroy that belief that because it, it's, it's so much more than just a thought that crosses my mind. It's, I, don't, I don't think that anymore, mm-hmm. but it's still... Uh, an underlying feeling there's that pressure to to go do a job there's that that i can i can if i think about it i can still feel it like that's what makes you a man that's what makes you mad no no stop it Mm -hmm. trying to fight the dragon inside my head trying to tame that thing saying no that is not who we are anymore Mm -hmm. that is not who i am anymore i get to have a fun freaking life and the more that I do that, the easier it becomes. And the more things I get to do that I enjoy. So that's why I'm going to Hawaii. And we're going to spend like a month and a half there. And then we're going to cruise back. And then, we're going to, and then I'm taking my brother on a one-week uh, golf and wine tour trip to Napa Valley for oh. his birthday. Yeah. Like these are the things I get to do now because I opened up myself to the possibility that I could have whatever I want. Mm-hmm. It still makes me a man. It, yep. Actually, I feel more manly because Fuck I'm, yeah. I'm doing all kinds of crazy, awesome stuff. Yep. Like, yes. hundred percent. How, how do you start to define your own intuition or your own voice as opposed to the voices or the projections that other people have placed onto you? How do you first start to define that? Ooh, wow. I'll give you my personal example. And it's probably a little bit different for everybody. Perfect. For me, now I grew up uh, acting. Mm-hmm. I've done a lot of uh, stage performances in my life. Cool. And I had difficulties being me. Mm-hmm. When I first got into this self-development and started uh, going to courses and things and speaking in, in front of people, wanting to speak as me, I couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. The actor always came out. Now, I thought that I was really good at being on stage. I thought I was a really good actor. And then people, especially Melanie, would say, you know, that, that's not you. Mm-hmm. That's not you. And I was like, yeah, but nobody else can see that. So it's fine. Yeah. Until I went to this one course uh, with Larry Gilman. It was in Vancouver uh, three years ago uh, called The Mastery of Self-Expression. And we had to memorize a poem or the words to a song and get up in front of people and say it and I memorized the words this love song I was going to say it to basically say it to Melanie because she was there there's only a crowd of maybe 20 people Mm -hmm. every time it had I had come close to really saying like being truthfully me I could feel something right in my throat stop it Mm -hmm. 
and it just kind of blocked it and my throat would kind of, I would, my voice would kind of get, kind of get rough and hoarse. Yeah. Just because that whatever it was in there wanted to come out, but I wasn't brave enough to go past that because I didn't know what was going to happen. Mm-hmm. In the moment at this course, I stood up in front of everybody and I'm saying this love song and I felt the lump in my throat come. And I had a choice in that moment to let it, let it go past that or do what I always do and act. And I, I said, all right, Kevin, we're going past it this time. Whatever comes out, comes out. Yes. And I did it and tears just start streaming down my face. I, I, my lip starts quivering and I, I didn't like just break out and ball, but just this this emotion needed to come out because it was what I truly felt. I, I so deeply loved this woman and the, and the words to this song. The song is "You" by Chris Young. Um, one of my favorite songs of all time. Mm-hmm. And all of this emotion just came out. Like I said, I wasn't bawling, crying. I wasn't doing an ugly cry or anything. Yeah. But just emotions were coming out my eyes and my nose and my and my throat. And the guy running the course said to me in private afterwards, it's good to finally see behind the mask. Fuck. And another guy who, I'm going to be honest, I thought this guy was full of shit. Yeah. Most of the time. <laughs> he came to me and said, it's, it's finally good to see behind the mask. Wow. And I was like, oh my God. So many people knew that I was never being authentic, that I was never being me. And it's funny because uh, a year and a half later, I heard from uh, Aaron Huey, my personal mentor for quite a while, said, uh, and he learned this from his master, so uh, a martial arts master. Mm-hmm. He said, don't hide from people that can't see you because they can't see you. Mm-hmm. And don't hide from people that can see you because they can see you. Mm-hmm. Just don't hide. And I was like, oh, where was that two years ago, five <laughs> years ago, 10 years ago? <laughs> where was that in but school? That's, that's, yeah, right? <laughs> um, but uh, you know, then I don't, I don't know if I'd have even been brave enough as a, as a teenager to yeah, do that. But, 100%. but that's my story of getting past it and really – finding my own voice now and i swear to god my voice got three to four notes deeper after that that's so cool <laughs> and so you know you want to talk about masculine if we, you know what society says is masculine is a deep voice yep. so <laughs> that, that but it, it it was just because this is now my truth mm-hmm. my truth comes from deeper than and then up in here in my throat or up in my nose around here, my truth comes from somewhere down inside. Mm-hmm. So that's my suggestion. If, 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 there's, if you're speaking and you feel something caught up, you feel that there's a, because uh, there will be a physical block somewhere. And it's going to be different from, for everybody. Some people, they feel behind the eyes. Some people feel it in the head. Some people feel it in the shoulders, in the back, in the chest, a tightness in the stomach. 
go past it. Be brave enough to go past that. Find out what's on the other side because there's nothing that's going to kill you. Yep. It's just we don't know. And because we're men and because it's, quote unquote, not manly to cry. And, you know, <laughs> you know, I think I really believe that so many men that don't get into self-development or, or don't believe this side of, of masculinity have a feeling that or a thought that if I tap into emotions, I'm just going to cry all the time and I'm going to yeah. look weak. That's so true. That's so interesting because that makes me think of this one experience I had. And that was almost one of those, you know, like a ball in the throat moments. I wasn't speaking, but I was in a crowd and it was at this big business event. And there was this guy telling a story and the story was just like, I've never heard such an impactful story from you, like the trials and tribulations, like coming from nothing and like taking accountability, working through that. And now look at him. And I was sitting in the crowd, like listening to this guy's story. And it was just like, there was so much emotion, but there was that, you know, it's almost this like force that I don't know where it came from. It's just that force. that's always been there that when I feel like I want to cry, there's like something that's like, nah, 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 sink it. Like get, get rid of that, get rid of that, get rid of that. That's weakness. And I remember sitting in the crowd and I just felt like I wanted to cry, but I was not letting myself at all. And I looked across a few rows and there was this, he must've been Spanish or Italian, um, something like that. And he just had tears rolling down his face. And I looked at him and I was just like, holy shit. In this moment, that guy is so fucking manly and I'm the one being weak. And that was like one of that, re that release moment, right? Where I was just like, oh my God, this makes so much sense now. Like it, it, was, it was just like this crazy mind-blowing experience where I, I just realized and I recognized that emotion and actually allowing emotion to come up was actually strength. And ever since that moment, like I've been, and again, this is something that you constantly work through being a man, like not holding that feeling back and allowing those emotions to come up. And same thing, I feel so much more, quote unquote, manly now than I ever have before, yet I'd be considered way more emotional than I ever have been before. So I wanted to get into that. Emotions as a man, like emotions as a masculine, manly man, how do they show up and how do you work through that? And I just want to point out now, uh, this is an audio thing, but I think everybody has seen pictures of the both of us. And I don't think anybody would call either of us um, <laughs> yeah. for having the emotional intelligence that we have, because that's all, yeah. that's all it is, is yeah. emotional intelligence. It doesn't mean you have to, like I said, it doesn't mean you're going to have to cry all the time because you understand your emotions. It just means you're going to actually understand people better. You're definitely going to understand women better. You're going <laughs> to yeah. understand men better. You're yeah. going to understand sales better. It's, it's all emotional intelligence, vulnerability. Cool. I have a very different definition of vulnerability. Mm -hmm. Because truly, what is vulnerability? It's leaving yourself open to be hurt. Mm-hmm. Let's take it in, in battle. You go out in a sword battle without a shield or without armor, you're leaving yourself very vulnerable. Mm -hmm. And this is what men do when they're emotionally unintelligent. So yes, true. you've got a great big sword and you can fight with it, 
but you're so open to being hurt. Uh-huh. And this, and, and we avoid, 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 avoid so many situations, avoid so many conversations, avoid so much. And if we do have the uncomfortable conversations, it comes from a place of, of anger or, or trying to dominate because we're afraid to be hurt emotionally. Mm-hmm. And it only takes a moment to feel the the feeling, whatever it is, whether it's sadness, hurt, uh, disappointment, uh, anxiety, whatever it is, fear. It takes a moment to feel that, to understand it. And then you can actually move on and you're much stronger. So by allowing yourself to understand your emotions, by allowing yourself to feel them when they come, number one, they pass a lot faster. Mm -hmm. Number two, you're not setting yourself up for years and decades of anxiety and heart attacks. And this again, this is partly what leads to suicide in a lot of men. You're actually putting on a, a wonderful, big, shiny suit of armor by understanding your emotions instead of avoiding them. That's such a good way to put it. <laughs> I love that. It's a nice manly example too, right? With the armor and the swords. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> so I guess it hasn't always been this way, right? Like you said, you found your voice. Um, you worked through those emotions in this moment. What was it like before that? Um, like w- what was life like before that when you, you hadn't found how important it is to allow emotions to come through? What did it look like? Bad relationships, mm-hmm. um, surface level enjoyment of life. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I have learned is, yes, when I allow myself to feel the emotions, I'm going to experience lower lows. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I'm also going to experience higher highs. Mm-hmm. If I allow myself to to experience the higher highs, I'm going to be able to handle the lower lows. Okay. What I used to live is what I call the life of meh. <laughs> you know, just never let myself get angry, never let myself get excited, just meh. Didn't want to get excited for fear that the thing that I wanted didn't come true mm-hmm. and didn't want to get, you know, sad or super angry because, well, I just don't want to feel that emotion. I don't like that emotion. I can control it. Why would I ever want to feel it if I can control it? No guess what that did it led to a life of living paycheck to paycheck you know making piddly money uh not having failed relationship after failed relationship uh, living in a a a condo where i paid 300 dollars a month Mm -hmm. for a room that smelled bad and was in massive disrepair it's just disaster but but that that was also partly me Mm -hmm. you know uh it it's not what I learned in high school is it's not cool to try. Yep. That's so true. As a man, it's not cool to try. Okay. I want to be part of the cool kids. So I'm not going to try. Cause I used to get, I, I, I would get straight A's in public school, mm-hmm. like up to grade eight. I would get straight A's. Then I get into high school. It's like, Ooh, crap. I am no longer cool for being smart. So I'm going to be stupid now. I'm going to be, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to, I'm not going to try. I shouldn't say I'm going to be stupid. Excuse me, I apologize for that. But I'm just not going to try anymore because I want to fit in. Mm-hmm. 
Although to be honest, I still didn't fit in. <laughs> yeah. I was a bit of a loner in high school. I didn't have a lot of friends. Um, and, and that, but that kind of went into what I became as a man, mm-hmm. not really going after anything. I had a whole bunch of ideas. I had some great business ideas, but at the first sign of struggle, at the first no, or the first thing that didn't work out, the whole idea would go to pot because <laughs> I wasn't willing to, to really go after it. The, the first thing that I ever said to myself like, three, four years ago, I said, I'm going to do effortless alphas. I'm going to be a men's coach. I'm going to do this for the rest of my life. I am going to make it work. I'm going to keep trying until it does. Mm-hmm. And if, if it doesn't become sec- successful until after I'm dead, kind of like Van Gogh, if I don't sell a painting while I'm alive and then I become the most famous painter of all time, great. Cool. Then that's going to be worth it. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a life well lived. Mm-hmm. And I'm okay with that. As long as I'm doing something I'm passionate about. Where do you think you discovered the self-awareness to have that insight? Because that's a difficult conclusion to reach, right? Like saying, okay, I'm, I'm taking accountability for it. Was it just like this state where you were like, I'm sick of feeling meh, like I'm sick of not trying? Or was there, was there some other voice or some other force? Like where did that self-awareness come from? Because I always say like self-awareness is literally a superpower, and everyone has it. It's just one of those things they block. So how did you rediscover that? I just wanted more. Mm. I wanted more. And, and uh, again, early on in my conversations with Melanie, uh, in fact, it was right after the what do you want conversation. <laughs> she said, because at this point, I'm drinking like heavily. I drink probably 10, 12 beers a, a day. Yeah, a, I've, a been, night, I guess I've been there. Yeah. And she said, well, you can either have a six pack of beer in your stomach, a beer in each hand, sitting on a couch watching television, which was me. Mm-hmm. Or you can have a six pack on your stomach, a glass of wine in your hand, and the woman of your dreams sitting beside you on the beach. And I went, I can have that? <laughs> wow. Me? I can have that. She says, yeah, of course. Okay. Well, what do I do? Well, you just got to believe it and then you go get it. You go after it. Mm-hmm. And I realized I've never gone after anything. Mm. I, like I said, I, I had done uh, all kinds of businesses and just kind of let circumstances, let results dictate what it meant about me. Whether I was successful, whether I was good at this, whether I was good at sales, but you know what? I can go out and figure out sales. I can go out and figure out, um, I can go read books and I can go uh, watch, listen to podcasts and take courses. And I can be, I can become the man I need to become in order to have the things that I want. Mm -hmm. Now, am I at the level where I want to be? Not yet, but I'm going to get there because I'm never, ever, ever going to stop or give up. I love that. And actually, one thing you said there was probably the most important piece of advice anyone can learn, which is this whole 
with, I don't know, is it societal conditioning that we are taught to look externally for what makes us feel good. But it's really internally, right? And, and figuring out, like you said in the beginning, what makes us feel manly and masculine. It shouldn't be an external expectation. It should be what makes us feel masculine or manly. That's, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, the, that's the show notes. That's what I'm putting up on Instagram. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah, it's not, it's not about the station that we're given that makes us feel manly. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, what was the line? Uh, the Greatest Showman. There was a line in the movie. I wrote it down during the movie because I was like, oh my God, that's a great <laughs> that's line. <laughs> a man's station in life is limited only to his imagination. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Like, oh, yes. And I think that's one of the things that, that gets us, gets lost in men early on. Uh-huh. When we're boys, it's like, you know, I remember thinking that a tractor was a spaceship and turning all the little dials and flying through space on a tractor i look i swear to god i went to back to that same tractor 20 years later and went how the hell did i ever think this was a spaceship i was a i was an idiot Mm -hmm. and putting that limitation on myself as a child because of my limited imagination as a man yep oh oops It's like, you know what? Why can't this be a spaceship? Why not? This is why I, I'm, I'm excited to have kids because I want to, I, you know, I, I do practice my imagination now more than I used to. You know, I think creativity is, is a, a wonderful thing. Uh-huh. But I, I want to experience that with kids. Um, I was writing a, a TV show years ago and I had my niece and nephew with me and it was going to be a kid's television show and i said you know what why don't i let them write some characters they're going to think of things that are way cooler that kids will love way better than i could and the stuff they come up with was amazing i was like how did you cool like a robot powered by cucumbers like i would never have thought that (laughs) that's amazing then you feed the thing cucumbers it's like absolutely i want to throw cucumbers in this robot to power it up for sure oh that's so good how does how does one rediscover their creativity because that's like this exact same man like i so i trained as a pilot um i flew for a few years before realizing that's not what i actually wanted to do with my life it wasn't fulfilling as a career path but the reason i wanted to become a pilot is because i used to spend so many hours as a kid like watching planes like they were literally magic and that's probably the one area in life i never lost that that oh my god like even now i'll watch a plane and i'll just be like so mind-blown with like like how did someone think of this there's this thing in the sky it's flying like what the fuck is going on but (laughs) every other area of life was kind of like nah put that to the side put that to the side put that to the side but why aren't we allowed to be like that now like how do we rediscover that? But that's just it. We are. Mm. We're totally allowed to be that way. That's so true. We just have to allow ourselves to be that way and get out of the mentality of what is somebody else going to think, and especially what are other men mm-hmm. going to think. That's you know, a huge one. one. Some of the most 
masculine, as far as society is concerned, men from the 30s and 40s and 50s were the dancers, yeah. the Fred Astaire's. Yeah. We put someone today in that role, uh-huh. that is not considered masculine anymore. 100%. But what made them masculine was they gave everything to their craft. They didn't hold back. And now as I, maybe I should correct that because there are some, some male dancers, just not that style anymore. Yeah. But the best dancers in the world are the people that don't hold back. They don't go, oh, well, I don't want to do this position because it might make me look weird. Mm-hmm. It might make me look feminine. It might mm-hmm. make me look this. You know what? When you put it together, if you give everything you have to that, it's going to look freaking awesome. Even if you're not good at it, if you give your all to it and you do it confidently saying, this is what I want to do in this moment. This is how I want to move my body. Boom. And people, you can't deny confidence. Uh We just have to be okay being the person we want to be in the moment and saying, this is who I am right now. And that's okay. And people are, and I remember, and this is, this is to do with conviction. I remember before I ever had conviction, looking at people that had conviction and being mad at them. Mm-hmm. Like, how dare you yeah. be like that? Yeah. And, and thinking that they were jerks. Uh-huh. Like how, all, all it was, they were just standing up for themselves and saying, this is what I desire to be. Yeah. This is who I am. And that's okay. And it's not about having it a chip on your shoulder. It's not this is who I am. Screw off. Yeah. 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 There's a big difference between this is just me and saying it angry. And this is me. Mm -hmm. Accept me. Yeah. I accept you for exactly who you are. Accept me for who I am. That's, that's the difference there. And you can tell when people say, I don't care what others think about me. Mm -hmm. I can tell instantly if that's true or not. I don't care what others think about me. That is not true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you very much care what others think about you. 100% bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, and, and it's not something that just goes away like that. Yeah. You know, this takes time. There are still moments in my life where I, I'm, you know, wanting to make sure I do it right and, and don't ruffle feathers. And, and then I go, ah, God, God, that's not being authentically me. Just yeah. go be me. Yeah. And, and, it takes getting over it. You know, it takes a little bit of courage mm-hmm. to get past that fear of uh, being ostracized from your community. Really, to be honest, that's the, the deep-rooted fear. Mm-hmm. And it's one of the only uh, innate fears that we have as humans is being ostracized from our community, being yep. let go, being pushed out of our community. Uh-huh. So that's why our brains are like, just be like everybody else. Be like everybody else. Be like everybody else. You'll fit in. It'll be fine. It'll be cozy. It'll be safe. Yes. Not safety. Yep. But the cool thing about having 7 billion people on the planet <laughs> is there's people like you. <laughs> yep. There's groups that if you like to handcraft your own knitted underwear... <laughs> And only, and only wear one pair a week. 
there are people out there that love that shit. There's probably a Facebook group with 35,000 people in it. (laughs) It's true, though. It's so true. It's so true. One one of the words that you said um, was a word that if if I go and scroll or if anyone goes and scrolls through um, your Facebook page, uh, your personal profile, any of your social media, they'll see it's a word that pops up a lot. And that is courage. Courage. And I love that word. And I love the feeling of being courageous, like that exhilaration and that like total embodiment and owning your shit and owning yourself and being yourself. Um, That's another big thing. It's like courage is a word that's thrown around a lot, but we really don't get taught or told how to actually build that. Like, what does that feel like? So What's your opinion on courage? Because I know it's something you talk about a lot. Uh, the meme I just posted is there's no substitute for courage. Nice. You can't find it anywhere else. Yeah. You, it, and we can't find confidence until we use courage. Yeah. And it's, it's in all of us. Mm-hmm. It's in every single one of us. It's in, in the pieces of us that make us do the things we don't want to do to have something more. But th- there's only two things that, well, there's really only one thing that courage comes in handy because we can either run from something or go after something. Mm-hmm. Running from something does not take courage. Mm-hmm. Avoiding things does not take courage. Going after things, that's what takes the courage. So, we just have to find that peace within us and that this is why we started this entire conversation with what do you want? Yeah. My first list of 101 things that I wanted, we do 101, Melanie and I do 101 things that we want to experience every year. We do it on New Year's day. Ah, and so cool. <laughs> the, the first year it took me a couple months to come up with 25. Mm-hmm. That's, that's how little I knew that I wanted. But some of the things on the list were like new pair of underwear, mm-hmm. three new pairs of socks. <laughs> I want to see uh, a, a new waterfall, which I happened to see along the side of the road. As we were driving, it was just a little bit of s- snow melt. I'm like, oh, well, there's the universe for it you. Counts. That's not it exactly counts. what I had in mind, but thanks, universe. It, it counts. It absolutely counts. <laughs> but it's understand and then the next year i did 101 and i did it in in about a week and a half and the next year i did 101 and it only took me uh about a day and a half and then the next year i did 101 and it took me a couple hours so so i'm getting into the flow of finding what i want and because i know what i want it becomes easier to go after things and jump into the fear or jump past the fear a lot of people will say you know i want to live a life of, of fearlessness. Uh-huh. I, I don't think that exists. Yep. If you come to a life of fearlessness, you're just probably not trying anymore. Mm-hmm. You've probably given up and said, this is where I want to be comfortable. And if that's, if that's your thing, awesome. If you're absolutely 100% comfortable, happy, fulfilled in the life that you have, live it. Yes. But if you're not, got to jump into the fear whatever it is if it's a fear of public speaking and you know that's what you need to get to the other side you've got to do it Mm -hmm. because 
I promise you, when you do it, your brain on the other side of doing it is going to go, that wasn't so bad. That was pretty easy, <laughs> yeah, actually. so true. <laughs> I want to do it again. I remember that there was a fucking, <laughs> that was a crippling fear of mine was public speaking. Like I remember at school, like school speech day, like I was always so good at writing, but coming to stand up and say what I wrote in front of the class, holy shit. Like the, <laughs> it was, it was like weeks of like desperate, like just, absolute fear and i remember when i first went it was that point that insight and that self-awareness like okay i actually want to get good at this which means i need to confront this fear i ended up doing like 20 minutes um in front of it was maybe only 15 or 16 people but about a topic at a a business presentation and i was like reading my words like just super monotone like shaking my voice was quivering I went and sat down and I was just like okay I want to do that again soon and I was just like oh my god like I've been waiting years for this (laughs) oh well yeah because the body releases all these endorphins and all the these wonderful things that that make us feel amazing and and the body wants more of that yeah even if it's uncomfortable for the brain Mm -hmm. The body loves it. Yeah. This is, uh, I learned to love roller coasters. Oh my God. I've, I used to I hate roller coasters. Roller coasters. Yeah. Oh, I used to hate them as a kid. I w- the only one I would go is on the log ride where you yep. get wet. <laughs> and I would close my eyes 90% of the time, especially when we went up because scared of heights and things. I would close my eyes at the top. Oh God, I hate <laughs> I, I remember I was at, uh, uh, Canada's Wonderland, I think, in Toronto. Uh-huh. Either that or, or um, no, it was Boblo Island. Anybody that knows Boblo <laughs> Island, you get you get ten points. It's Can a little place say between. I've even heard about it? <laughs> no, it's it no longer exists. It's now a, uh, a retirement community or a condo community. <laughs> but there was a log ride there, and I was about eleven years old, and I said, "All right, this time I'm going to keep my eyes open." Oh God, I'm going to keep my eyes open. And we went down and I was like, Oh, <laughs> that was awesome. Do I have to get off? Oh my God, let's do it again and again and again and again and again. And ever since I've loved roller coasters because it just changed my entire perspective. Mm-hmm. I was terrified and keeping my eyes closed. So take a look at your life. Where are you terrified and keeping your eyes closed to the possibility that it this could actually be amazing if I allow myself to experience the highs and lows of this, of whatever it is that I'm avoiding. What's on the other side of that? What if it could be amazing? That, that advice is fucking unreal. <laughs> You've turned a roller coaster and like it finding out you enjoyed roller coasters and to some of the best advice that anyone could ever hear ever. Thank you. That's cool. See, this is why we do unscripted stuff. Yeah. yeah. Always, always, always unscripted. Oh man, that's so cool. Um, And, and it's just, there are so many times in my life where I have confronted fear and realized, wait a minute, that, that wasn't, like maybe that was covered in fear. There was a wee bit of fear there, but that wasn't fear. Like I, 
I figured out that I really wanted to do this all along. Like, why is that? Like, why do we, why do we trick ourselves into thinking that things we really desire we're scared of? Why do we trick ourselves into thinking that? Great question. And I believe and this is again, coming from my own experience mm-hmm. because excitement and fear are about a yep. millimeter apart yep. in feeling. With and I know this because standing backstage before I go to any show, I feel fear. Uh-huh. I don't want to screw up my lines. Mm-hmm. I want to put on a great performance. I want the people to love it. I'm nervous. Nervous is a bad feeling. Mm-hmm. But what I do, and if anybody that's ever been on stage with me, you know this. I stand backstage and I jump. Mm-hmm. I just jump up and down like an idiot for <laughs> five minutes. Because what it does is it turns that nervous into adrenaline. Mm-hmm. It turns that nervous into excitement because I get the body going. I get the body in. in. In the moment of the nervousness, the body wants to shut down. It wants, you know, if you're nervous, a lot of times you kind of, your shoulders might uh, hunch down. You might kind of come into yourself. Your, your arms stay close to your body. There's not a lot of movement needed. You're just kind of maybe ready to run away. But if I get my body into this, if I start moving around while I'm nervous, my body releases that energy and it turns into a kinetic positive energy, mm-hmm. which turns into excitement and adrenaline. And then the thing that I'm about to do can be so fun. So the next time, try it. The next time you feel nervous, start moving around and don't worry about what other people think. Mm-hmm. Move around move your body as fast as you can, shake <laughs> it, do whatever you need to, jump around, yeah. and, and then go. I, I, I just, I've just done it here. My whole body is tingling. Uh-huh. Like, it wants to go, let's go do something. Let's, let's, let's do another three hours on the podcast. Come on. <laughs> Fuck. That, again, like, I have so many scenarios in my life where it was actually running towards fear and it's that it is that. And I know Tony Robbins talks about this and I know you're a big fan of Tony Robbins. You've learned a lot from him, but we place the meaning onto an emotion that isn't necessarily that emotion, right? Like we have anxiety or nervousness when really being nervous and being excited is the exact same feeling in the body with different breathing and with different movement. And so we can actually like mind fuck ourselves into believing that we're excited when maybe we are actually nervous. And then there's that whole, that whole biochemical thing. Like that's, that is 100% it. Like if you can move and feel that nervousness, quote unquote, but you add that, like you said, build that kinetic energy on top of that. You, you're not nervous now you're excited. Like, and even just watching you move because we're on video, watching you do that movement excited me. So it's a flow on effect as well. Nice. And so that's a big thing about owning yourself as a man, isn't it? It's not just for yourself. It's to display that that's okay to other men because there needs to be a flow on effect. There needs to be more impact than just doing it for ourselves. And I know that's, why you're doing what you're doing. You want to empower men to be men again. Mm-hmm. 
And like, what is something every single one of us can do to not just own our own selves, but to show other men that it's okay to be a man. It's okay to feel feelings. It's okay to run towards fear and feel that excitement and feel the lows and feel the highs and not live a mere life. What can we do to lead by example and show men that's the way to do it? Well, I think you just pegged it there. It's just lead by example. Ah. It's understanding that we're all role models, whether we like it or not. Yes. This is a, this is a statement that not a lot of people enjoy, unfortunately. Yeah. But it's, it's true. We're mm-hmm. role models, whether we like it or not. Yeah. And you're not just role. And so many people say, well, I have to be a good role, mo- role model to kids. Mm-hmm. But it's not just role model to the kids. It's role mm-hmm. model to your entire community. Anybody that comes in contact with you at any given time of any day, you're a role model to them. People are taking pieces of your energy everywhere. Right now in the Effortless Alphas, we're doing a, a monthly challenge mm-hmm. is to make sure that when you're out in public, that you're leaving positive, energetic pieces of yourself everywhere. Mm-hmm. You're going to leave energetic trail. We all leave bits and pieces of us all over the place. Our skin is dropping off like our hair is falling off. Every, we're leaving bits of ourselves everywhere. Mm-hmm. But if you can leave something positive for somebody, leave something that like be conscious of who you're being at all times or as much as possible. The more you do it, the more you're going to do it, the more you're going to remember to do it. So be conscious of who you're being at all times. And especially when there's nobody else around, Mm -hmm. especially when you're by yourself, Mm -hmm. who is the man that you're being when you're by yourself? Because that's when it's Is real it? fucking hard, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. It's, it, it's easy to, to kind of let go and, and go back into old patterns. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the, the, the porn thing or the drinking or the smoking or, or whatever, all of that, it's easy to do when nobody else is watching. Mm-hmm. But it's hard to do uh, when you're by yourself. To, to maintain that, um, that lead by example, to maintain that role model, that's, it's hard to do, but it's possible. And it just takes practice. And one thing that I teach a lot of the, the men in my groups is if you do fall off the wagon, get back up as soon as possible. The most important thing is to just not let it keep you down. We, nobody expects you to be perfect. Please don't expect yourself to be perfect. Yep. If you screw up, own it. It's your responsibility. It was you. Don't blame anybody else. Yep. And then just get back as fast as possible. Make the time between the screw-ups longer and longer and longer and longer. Yep. That's all we can do. That's the best. That's the best we can do. Man. <laughs> That's <I> just... <laughs> There's been like 10 moments where I'm just like, fuck, I don't even know what to say. <laughs> so on point. Ah. Um, I want to ask a couple more questions as well, but just before that, it. before I forget to ask, um, if people, which I'm sure like if anyone's hearing this and they, and they don't want to follow you, I'm just, I'm, I'm mind blown right now. <laughs> so, so for people listening who want to continue checking out your story, um, learning more from you, who obviously just has this wealth of information to share, and not just for men, but for people, um, for women who want to support their man, for, for young men, for anyone who wants to continue learning from 
this guy who's in 51 minutes given so much value where can they find you and how can they follow you just search effortless alpha anywhere on the internet you can go effortless alpha on instagram effortless alpha on facebook effortless alpha on google you can go to effortlessalpha.com that i'm the only one it's me you will find me where did that come from because i i love that so i was sitting around a dinner table actually and uh, i had some friends over and my family was there and Melanie noticed that the other men tried to make me laugh. Mm-hmm. We're always looking at me to sort of like for approval. Mm-hmm. And these were older men than me, you know, mm-hmm. people that I looked up to. And yet they were looking to me to try and get my approval mm-hmm. without me ever even trying. And she came up with it in that moment. It's like, you're kind of like the alpha male, but you don't even try. You're not, you're not trying. You're the effortless alpha. <laughs> and so what it's become is, because again, I've never tried to be an, a quote unquote alpha male. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I would prefer to redefine it anyway mm-hmm. to someone who works so hard on themselves. They're not concerned about being dominant or oh. trying to, to do, you know, trying to get, other people to follow them just work really hard on yourself be the best man you can be whatever that looks like for you and people will follow this is so good ah oh, i love that and that really leads on really nicely to the last question i wanted to ask which is it's 2019 there are so like we are so fucking lucky to be alive in this era like just the simple fact that we can talk <laughs> we're so far away from each other. There's no time delay. We can record a podcast that other people are going to listen to and hopefully get value from like just that simple fact makes this the best time that there ever has been. But one of the downsides to being alive in 2019, especially if you're a young person is this just culture of comparison and feeling like you're not good enough because it's so easy to go on Instagram and find 20,000 guys your age who have done so much better than you and now you don't feel like you're enough. That happens when you're 16, happens when you're 21. It can happen if you're 40 or 50 or 70. Like it, it's, it's not age relevant. So what's your advice for someone where there's so much data and information to say that they aren't enough out there, what can they do to feel like they are enough in this world? There is also so much information to show you that you're enough. Ah, the only thing is <laughs> the dragon, what I call the dragon in the head, wants it wants the negativity. It wants to find the things that make you not good enough. It's looking for that. So it sees that. If you made a conscious effort to find out all the reasons you are good enough, mm-hmm. you'd find those too. Yeah. Like, can you, can you literally, like, if you took all your evidence that you're not good enough into court and presented it before a judge, said, this is the reason I'm not good enough. This is the reason I'm not good enough. Would the judge agree 
Or would they say, get the hell out of my courtroom? <laughs> you're like, what the hell is this? <laughs> this is just, this does not, you cannot prove that you're not good enough in a court of law. There is no basis of truth mm-hmm. in it. And the one thing, one of the things that, that popped into my head was something my dad used to say all the time. He says, everybody's got a pimple on their butt. <laughs> so the, the person with the perfect body, they got a pimple on their butt. The person <laughs> with all the money, they got a pimple on their butt. Nobody's perfect. And especially in today's day and age of social media, where you can put out this, this sheen of amazingness and make it look like we're way more successful than we are, make it look like we're way more beautiful than we are, it doesn't even matter. Mm-hmm. It doesn't even matter. Put your truth out there and you're going to find people that love you. If you put out something false, you're going to find people that are false. Mm-hmm. Put your truth out there and just know that nobody's perfect. And trying to strive to be perfect is going is a path down pain highway. Mm-hmm. You're enough. Fuck. As you are. <laughs> and as you want to be. Strive to be better and be okay with who you are right now. Brother, you, you're a wizard. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. I love it when people say that. That's the best. I, I'm, I'm literally going to listen to this podcast when it comes out, which isn't hey! some, it's not something that often happens when you record a podcast with someone, but I, I'm, gonna, I'm legitimately going to listen to this. Like, the, fuck, man. I, yeah. Thank you so much. <laughs> Let me know how to <laughs> My pleasure. Thank oh. you for having me on. Was that was such an amazing conversation? Um, I just I just know there's going to be so many people who have gained so much value from that in such a short amount of time. So the world thanks you. Um, thank you for having the courage to be a man and really step into that and and be that person who leads by example. Because both of us know that's something that is just so needed in the world right now. So thank you so much, man. And thank you so much for having me on here. And thank you for everyone that listens to this. I truly, truly, genuinely hope you did get something out of this that changes your life for the better. Epic, man. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks. Yeah. Hey, guys. Please don't forget to subscribe, rate, leave a review. And as always, you are limitless.